Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Hello, Governor, the podcast. I'm, as always, I'm Abdullah, and with me, as always, is Tom. Hello. And, uh, yeah, uh, once again, new format of the show for those who are listening for the first time. If you don't want to listen to the wrestling stuff, I usually want to talk about the wrestling stuff first. So, just to get it out of the way, so if you're not into wrestling, I'm going to put like a little time stamp. Skip to that time if you want to skip the wrestling talk. Otherwise, you know, just, just you know, listen to it until we stop talking about wrestling. So, yeah. um, WWE announced uh, that they are going to be doing, because I was worried, like we, we talked about this last week where they announced that they were going to be, that, that, that um, yeah, what was it, the whole money in the bank thing and... And then everyone was worried, like, oh, it's just going to be, like, one ladder match. It's just not going to be, like, another one. Well, they did. They announced another traditional Money in the Bank match for the briefcase. And you want to know who the first participant is? Steph Rollins. Yep. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, for him working for the company, he does deserve to be in that spot. But yet again, you shouldn't make it the most obvious choice, you know? I'm because it's kind of curious because I'm like you have because you had Roman Reigns in in the World Heavyweight Championship one and you have Seth Rollins on the Money in the Bank one. I'm kind of wondering, are they going to do something with these guys? Maybe they're going to. I'm because I'm kind of curious with this. I'm curious. And and I kind of and 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 because because I I thought about this because it because it's Seth Rollins. I'm thinking they're going to put, like, uh, Dean Ambrose in with him in the Money in the Bank match. Yeah. I can see that happening. Yeah, I can see that as well. I'm curious to see where they're going to go with this, because, um, like I mean, it's like, if you want to get these men running off the ground foot, if you want to get them in good rivalries, why don't you have them rival with each other? It's one of those, it's one of those things that is the safe option to do at the moment, because... These guys got good chemistry working together, but at the same time, it might be a risk um, preventing these people who have such good chemistry with with each other in the ring, putting them against each other in the ring. Because sometimes that doesn't work. No, but I th- but I think that they you know these guys have have paid their dues. Oh, yeah. They've done all they, they they've done all they can, and and I'm not and I'm not thinking that it's too early to put any of these guys in the money in the bag match because they they've you know they've been in the company for like what two years now so over you two know, years they're mo- they've been formed. they're they're like they're like more than ready now yeah. for that formal for that US next step. formal US title one of them and two of them formal tag team title holders so you know they deserved it but the thing I don't like is the fact that again we talked about this last week. Seth Rollins, like a two weeks before, I think we talked about this, where Seth Rollins' character makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Like it, it, he comes out of nowhere, and it's and it's just this is what I hate about wrestling writing. Where, okay, you got a guy turn heel, better have a damn good explanation why he did it. And I thought that they were just gonna. If they had just went the route of they were holding me back, I wasn't living up to my full potential, I would have bought it. But they, the explanation he gave was just so fucking dumb with the whole, oh, I carried the team. It was me because I did this and blah, blah, blah. It was just awful. And it just, it made no goddamn sense. And I just, and I'm thinking to myself, you know... The heel turn made people talk because, like I said, it was the only good moment out of a shitty Raw. And they just... The, the way they followed up with it was just awful. Like, really fucking awful. 
Yeah, that's but. that's how I felt about it. Also, have you seen his new ring attire? Yeah, like, he looks like um, Solid Snake. No, he looks like Hawkeye. He reminds oh, me so much God. of Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, like, well, well, where it? have I seen this before? Oh, Hawkeye. Well, isn't the ultimate <laughs> Hawkeye look is very similar to Snake anyway, so you know. Because <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, wow, that... Uh... That's kind of a new look for you, but and I'm kind of what I don't what I don't get is like he comes in wearing this badass vest. And I'm like, oh, this is, this looks cool, and then he takes it off, and I'm kind of like, you could have kept the vest on because you look like a douchebag without it. <laughs> yeah, I'm... and it's just what I don't like is that now that he's a heel, they're putting him in squash matches, which I'm kind of like, god damn, like I know, I know. WWE always does this. Whenever someone turns heel, they gotta reestablish them and have them fight in squash matches. But come on, Seth Rollins is above this crap. It's but 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 you're forgetting it's WWE 101 to wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> it's like shit. We need someone to job to. Kofi, job. <laughs> uh, how high? As high as you can, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but um, yeah. Um... It's it is interesting to see where where it's gonna go with them. It's just like I think they're not gonna screw over Seth Rollins too much per se in the WWE system, to be honest. But you know, it's just one of those things. It's just like okay, really, okay, fine, whatever. But um, have you seen the comparison that a lot of people seem to be doing online with him at the moment? What are they comparing him to? They're comparing him to Two Face, weirdly. <laughs> Thought it would get get a laugh out of you, but uh, yeah, it's like that, that's one of the things with him wearing the suit and everything like that, and like people call him Two Face and stuff like that. I, I, I thought that was quite funny with me hearing about that, but yeah. No, you know what? You want to know what he reminds me of, and this is not a good comparison. Oh god, what? He reminds me of Bobby Roode's heel turn in TNA, where oh, Bobby Roode no, started. Where because, no. because, like, remember, remember when Bobby Roode started out like as a as a tag team guy, and he was this beer drinking dude, and then when he became a heel, he started wearing a suit and acting all business like. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you don't mean Jeff Hardy, right? <laughs> or Chris Jericho, <laughs> circa 2010. At, at least, at least with Chris Jericho, he had some versace to it and some originality with it. With this, on the other hand, it's just like okay, who's done this and who's pulled it off? And it's just like, I can only name two. Well, Jericho's mostly, arguably the best one that's done it. And then even before him, Ric Flair did it. And um, even after Chris Jericho, this is debatable. The Miz was quite good at it. He pulled it off. But there's just some wrestlers you just do not put in a suit. And Steph Rollins with that haircut and that beard, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was like corporate CM Punk. There you go. <laughs> oh, speaking of CM Punk, why well, you get just getting sick of people just chanting CM Punk in certain people matches now, just trying to piss. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of that. It's like it's. Bit, he left in January for God's sake. His contract's gonna expire next month, so it's just like he's not coming back. He doesn't give a shit. He's officially. Because, again, I read an interview with him, and he's like, he, he's retired. He's officially retired. Like, he's not coming back to wrestling. Yeah. So, no. Did you hear about the rumor, though, what WWE are planning to do, though? What? There's a... Okay, this is the rumor. It's, it's kind of true, because it has happened before. There's a clause in the contract saying that if the if a particular wrestler refused to... Um, okay, not refuse, but it's un... 
is unavailable to renegotiate their contract. Again, this is only a rumour. WWE can renegotiate it for them. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I just want, I just want, just want to put that out there. See what your reactions <laughs> are to that. Um, that's a weird contract clause. Like, so if he doesn't show up to renegotiate, they can just decide whether to keep him or not. Apparently, it's something to do with with injury claims or something like that. Basically, if, if a wrestler can't make it to a certain thing because out of their out of their power to do so, WWE can officially renegotiate the contract without the party being there for some for some reason. Again, this is only a rumor. I don't think it's true, but I I doubt that cuz why why would you negotiate someone's contract? It's their fucking contract. They signed their name on it. They should be there when it comes to renewing or not. Oh, here's another thing that might be interested in you might find interesting. WWE's looking to slash 20 million from its budget for for the shows. <laughs> God, you know, if you wanted to slash money, just get rid of fucking WWE Studios. That's that shit. That that shit ain't giving you any. That's not profitable for you at all. You probably only had like two profitable films out in that whole entire bunch, and that's probably walking. I mean, yeah. I mean, for fuck's sake, they they're making a Marine Three for God's sake, or Marine Four or whatever. It's just why. Like I said, like are there people who go to, the, to to go to Walmart or Amazon or wherever and look up WWE strict DVD bullshit? Pretty much, yeah. Because it's just like, and I kind of understand if it's like someone like Randy Orton or John Cena putting them in these straight to DVD movies just to get you know more more merchandise sales off the off the rack. But Miz Miz hasn't been doing shit for for the past year now, and so it's like, what's the point? And also, we should talk about this. Um, all the people that have been released. Yeah, we talked about this, did we talk didn't about, we? I, yeah. Did we talk about this? Yeah, we talked about this. I said uh, the biggest one that came, that the biggest shock to me was uh, what was it? Uh, Brodus Clay. That was the biggest shock to me because he was uh, it was actually profitable for the company for a well, while now, and then he just got released out of nowhere. Well, the other thing that. Um, Relating to it, guess who was guess who was meant to be on that release list as well? Who? Um, Rosa was meant to be on that release list, but guess how she managed to get out of that? How? Guess who wanted them on their reality show? Apparently, <laughs> E Network liked her so much when she did the after show stuff, hosting it and everything like that. They were like, "Oh, we can use her in the show." So WWE's like, "Okay, fair enough, Rosa, you get your one. This is your last chance. Don't fuck <laughs> up again." It, 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 uh, stop trying to go out partying Europe with Santino and getting completely pissed face and making a fool of yourself and getting arrested constantly. Because cause she, oh god, she she's had some trouble with with like her ex fiance her fiance her ex fiance and the trouble that she was in and she got arrested. Remember she got arrested one time before a show before a SmackDown taping and yeah, <laughs> that was pretty, pretty ugly because she was like partying and everything like that and then yeah got arrested just before the thing. Now I think that's probably the reason why they haven't pushed her. It's sort of what happened with Jack Swagger just before WrestleMania um, that one year when he fought Alberto Del Rio. You remember that he, he basically the police turned up at the SmackDown tape and arrested him for um, was it doing drugs and driving at the same time? <laughs> Weed the people. <laughs> How could I forget that? <laughs> which, which I think that fucked up a load of fans because a lot of people felt that Jack Swagger should have won that belt that year. But you know, 
Because they actually finally got a fucking gimmick that worked for him, but of course, he had to throw it all away because he's a fucking idiot like that. So we can't forget that it's my destiny person. <laughs> no, I, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go on a little mini rant about Del Rio. Why the fuck is he still around? I, I'm sorry. Why the fuck is he still around? Because it's my destiny to win the title. Like, it's... The only time he got over was because of Batista. Because Batista was so universally hated, they were cheering for Del Rio. That's how fucking bad he is. Like, I don't understand why Del Rio is with the company. Like, he's not putting anyone over. He The crowd just gi- doesn't give him a reaction. And he's just like, he's done. He's been with the company four years now, and he hasn't done a goddamn thing that makes him that that got him over. Yeah, the so what the fuck is? Why the fuck is he still around? It just pisses me the fuck off. Yeah, the only two good things he ever done for the company he had two good rivalries. That one was Sin Cara, which apparently he hates working with Sin Cara in the first place, and he did have a decent feud with uh, Rey Mysterio. Apart from that, I can't remember anything else apart from. Him getting the title for some stupid reason and killing seeing on Punk Steam at the time. Because to me, Del Rio, like, it's funny, like, whenever he won the title, he was always a transitional champion. Oh, yeah, he was. He was always a fucking transitional champion. Like, because, I'm sorry, the dude has no fucking charisma. Great in-ring worker, I'm not going to put him down on his in-ring work, but the he has no charisma, his character sucks... And I remember when he first came in, a lot of people took the piss out of him, basically saying that he was basically a Frankenstein's monster. Where they just took a load of gimmicks from different people and load of different stuff, and basically they merged. Well, well, together. well, that's not really his fault because again, this is WWE. They reuse gimmicks so much, so many times now. It's not even funny. This is what I mean. It's like a lot of people said he was Frankenstein's monster. That Roberto Rear is the I would I would say one of the perfect examples of what what goes through the WWE machine and what comes out of it because he is a WWE made product. That's the reason why he was pushed so much. I mean, and and it goes back to my argument of I am tired of WWE always when they get a new guy in they they push him straight to the top and then he underperforms and then they just make him a jobber. It's happened so many times now. I can't. This is the reason why I like the Shield so much. <laughs> <laughs> like it's happened so many goddamn times now that I'm just tired of it. The, remember Tenzai? Remember how hard they tried pushing him as this monster heel, but he failed fucking miserably. And he quickly became a jobber. Like it's just. But let's let's be fair. This is WWE track record with Albert. How how successful has he been, and how many characters has he been through since he joined the company back in two thousand? <laughs> Even then, it's like you're because 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 well no, okay. My favorite Ryback. Remember how hard they tried pushing him. <laughs> We talked about this back long ago, back in 2000, um, no, back in um, 2012, when they were pushing this guy. And I remember saying to you, the worst thing they could have done is put him in that Hell in a Cell match with CM Punk. What they should have done is kept kept him beating jobbers, um, regular nobody local jobbers, and then um, beat the regular jobbers on the show. Then he finally does get, he basically, you get, like, someone who has the second-rate title of, like, the second, um, it's either the Intercontinental or US title coming out, bragging on about 
say he wants to open challenge Mike sort of thing. He's like, oh, I challenge anyone in the back there to come out, blah, 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 blah. Then you have Ryback come out and beat him. That's what you had to do with it. It's all what, what they did with the Honky Tonk Man with the Ultimate Warrior, you know? Yeah, and but like I said, the, the thing that for me killed Punk's momentum with his title was his match with Ryback. That's what killed it. He never fucking recovered after that. Because that match was awful. Well, then what I mean, because, yeah, it's just like, a little bit after that, the momentum for Punk's reign did get a little bit better. But the problem was that you put Ryback in there with him. They should have, what they'd done with him, they should have done what they'd done with the Warrior. Basically, build him up, build him up, build him up, build him up. Then he basically wins the Intercontinental Champion or the US title or something like that. Then you move him on to the, to the WWE Champion. That's what you should have done. And that would work. And, it's like- and and what pissed me off was, out of nowhere, Punk became a cowardly heel for that match. Hey, out of nowhere. Out of fucking nowhere. And he was never a cowardly heel. Yeah. Like, that pissed me the fuck off. I'm like, you know, this is not... Out of nowhere, Punk turns into the cowardly heel, running away. I mean, and he beat him with a fucking ref, with like a crooked ref. And it's just like... Well, they should... If they really have an opponent, because at the time John Cena went off injured, that's the reason why they didn't have anyone at the time to be in the fucking match. But um, they could have easily, I don't know, was was Chris Jericho still floating around around that around about that time? Yeah, I think so. He was still there. Again, you could have put him in with Chris Jericho. You could have put him in with the Miz, even. You know. <laughs> least... And that's and that's my problem because back then, like up until recently. WWE hasn't done shit to build it, to build new talent. It's up until recently did they realize, oh shit, people are getting tired of the of the same crap we've been giving them. We need to bring up new stars, and that's what they're doing with the Shield. That's what they're doing with uh, Daniel Bryan. You know, like, but back then, like back in 2012, the reason I don't like 2012 that much as a year is because no one was getting built up. You had these new guys coming in and either failing miserably to to get over with the crowd, or just you know jobbers. You know, I think this time around, it, this year, well, last year, um, I think they did a better job with pushing younger talent and also pushing the right talents. There was still a problem. There was still that irritating problem with. Um, the wrong people getting the wrong push at the wrong time, and the and the wrong people, the right people getting the wrong push at the wrong time. You know, that was yeah. It's just not yeah. It's just it's it's you know, and and again, we're back to that slump now, where you know now that Daniel Bryan's injured and they can't really do anything about him, they had to strip him of the title, and now it's like, oh shit, what do we do? We're in that horrible predicament, and it's. It really scares me, like, because, I mean, if Orton wins that belt, I'm, I'm fucking done. Like, I, I really am done, because I, uh, I don't want to see another Orton thing, because I know a lot of people are like, oh, Cena's going to win it, but, you know, think about this current storyline with Triple H running around and, you know, being the authority and pushing guys like Seth Rollins and Randy Orton and all this stuff. You know, if if that's what they're going for... I, you know what's what's scary about that as well that John Cena's not going to win that belt is the fact he's injured. Oh yeah, <laughs> got an eye, he got an eye injury. Basically, you you remember what 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 um, was it? The Funkadactyl Naomi got with her eye. Exactly yeah. Something happened to John Cena. 
Oh, damn. Uh, he's going to be out for a while, so... You know. And... <sighs> And again, like another mistake they made is they put Bray Wyatt into the title match, and I'm kind of like, okay, he's hot right now. Have him win the briefcase. Don't have him win the fucking belt, because that's just dumb. I wonder if they're going to put in Sorrow in the uh, winning the title, winning the belt, or winning the um, winning the briefcase. No, he's in the uh, World Heavyweight Championship uh, match. He's in the World Heavyweight Championship match. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. It's like the worst. One of the worst things I got a feeling for is um, when Brock Lesnar is going to rear his ugly head. That's the other thing I'm worried about. Oh I mean, God, yeah. Because again, we'll get for those that for the for those that don't know, I gotta explain this. Uh, Brock Lesnar's on a on a like a on a legends contract. I wouldn't call it a legends contract, but like a part time contract where he comes and goes as he pleases. And usually around this time, he's got nothing to do, so he usually shows up. And yeah, it's. Uh, Okay, la- like last year, okay, he he had a fantastic match with Punk at SummerSlam, but you know the year before that he had a ma- horrible match with Triple H at SummerSlam. So, you know, <laughs> this this is going to be the problem. He's going to rear his ugly head just before SummerSlam, and it's going to be very very messy. And it's and the biggest rumors going around that he probably is going to get a title shot. Oh yeah, because he he's like I want a title shot, and it's like. How long are you going to, uh, you know, uh, postpone him not getting his title shot? Because he's going to be in a title shot sooner or later, and he's been with the company for, like, what, two years now since his return, so... What are they going to do? They're going to... I think he's going to win the title. I don't want to say this, but I think he's going to win the title at SummerSlam. And I think Asaro's going to... If Asaro win that briefcase, he's going to come out and cash in on the same night. I'm kind of curious as to who's gonna as, as to who's there at, at uh, who they're gonna put in the briefcase match because it's like Sheamus and Cesaro are already in the um, in the uh, World Heavyweight Championship match. Yeah, that's what I'm more worried about because I think it's whoever win that briefcase. If Brock Lesnar does win that title on SummerSlam, there's no way he's gonna defend that title the next pay per view unless they negotiate an extra pay per view with him or use up an extra date for him. So, it's going to get very awkward. So, But whoever win that briefcase and they do beat Brock Lesnar, make sure it's the right guy because you can that guy can go really far and beat Brock Lesnar. You can basically say, oh, this is the guy who beat the, un- the, beat the man who beat the Undertaker's streak. Yeah, you know. But still, we were t- I talked about this before. I said, you need the right person to beat him, you know? In that particular environment, basically, you could put him out. You could put someone over really big now at this this point in time with Brock Lesnar if you had the right guy beat him, and it has to be a brutal match. Yeah, you know, I mean, they they gotta do what they did with Cena and, and uh, Lesnar back in 20, 2012 with uh, ex- in Extreme Rules, where they just told them, "Fuck the PG rating, P- PG rating," you know, just go at go at each other's throats, you know. And they did. That, that match was brutal. This, before the CM Punk match, I would have said that was Brock Lesnar's best match since he returned. Oh, yeah. But the, but even the the Punk match, even though no one bled in that, Jesus Christ, that was brutal. That was really hard. That was 
for 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 also for a big guy Brock Lesnar as well. That was a fast match. Because again, Brock Lesnar works with smaller guys. You know, he doesn't. Like, that's why his match with Undertaker was so fucking shitty, because, again, both these guys are big, and they, you know, Lesnar just does not work well with big guys. He never has been. It's just like, look at these few, even back in 2003, when you can, yeah, yeah, I will say this, when Undertaker was in his twilight years, even then, they could not work a match together. I think they had one good match, and that was in a Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> I can't remember that was. I can't remember that they had a Hell in Cell match at No Mercy, or I can't. I can't remember when they had it, but they had a Hell in Cell match, and I think that was their best match. I think that's the first time he won the belt. Lesnar did, I think. Lesnar won the belt off the Rock at SummerSlam 2002. Yeah, yeah, but I remember him defending it on like a steel cage, uh, or Hell in a Cell. I don't remember which one it was, but I think it was No Mercy. I think I don't remember because you know, sorry. The even though I you know even though I grew you know my teenage years were spent watching the ruthless aggression era. Yeah, I don't remember much of it now. <laughs> yeah, I think we were um, Kurt Angle as well. To be honest. Oh yeah, the the oh god, their match at WrestleMania was fucking incredible. That was a, that's one of my favorite WrestleMania matches. In nineteen, that was two thousand and yeah. Yeah, I think to me WrestleMania 19 is like the last really amazing WrestleMania where I have no complaints with it whatsoever. Yeah, there probably was. Only- that was the that was the last one I can think of where I had no complaints with it whatsoever. The, that WrestleMania had one one bad match only. I still remember. I think it was the Triple H versus Booker T match. That was the only match I think was even then. That was a okay. That was even that was still a good match, even though it was very bullshit. That. He should have put Booker C over at WrestleMania, but you know it. It can't be the Triple H show if not, you know. Yeah, because again, we talked about this 2004, 2005. That was a horrible fucking year for WWE. Ugh. It's just like uh, 2003. The end of 2003 started to open its wounds to that. But yeah, again, the other even the Vince McMahon match at WrestleMania that year was really good with Hulk Hogan because they built that. They built- oh, it was brutal. Like it's. Jesus Christ, like, you're like, these dudes are going to fucking kill each other, you know? <laughs> yeah, because they use real-life things to really build up that match. And also, for anyone wondering, ever seen this image of Vince McMahon, like, basically crouching outside the, the ring, and he has this blood coming down him, holding a lead pipe with a huge evil grin with him? That is the famous bit where JR said, oh, God, it's de- look, he looked like the devil incarnate. Yeah, because that was a that was a that was a brutal match. Because they knew that oh, you know, both these guys, you know, again, they were never the best in ring. So what did they do? Make it an holds barred match and have them beat the fuck out of each other. <laughs> Leg dropped off top of the ladder, went through the announce table, and Vince McMahon. I think- yeah, jeez, that was brutal. Ugh. And that was uh, that even had a shock moment as well with, with the return of Roddy Roddy Piper. In that. Yeah, jeez, that was it was a brutal fucking match, and it's just yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the thing about that, they never did follow that up properly because afterwards it went straight to what was it Mister America gimmick? Oh, don't don't remind me of that because that was that was the angle that broke me. That was the angle that made me go fuck WWE. I'm not watching this shit anymore. <laughs> 
Where it's like, Hogan is fired, and we got this new debuting superstar, and it's like, who is it, Mr. America? And then it's just Hulk Hogan in a mask, and it's just complete and utter garbage. Oh, um, here's another little bit of news as well for wrestling news. Um, Sting to be featured bonus character in WWE 2K15. Oh, okay, that's something, I guess. <laughs> for anyone's interested in the video games and stuff like that, it just it just goes to kind of show you that I think Sting's pretty much is with the company. He's been on WWE Network three times now, and he's basically he's been promoted in a video being shot by Sting, talking about him being in WWE 2K15. So he's going to turn up in the company at some point, and for the love of God, do turn up in the fucking... Yeah, please, I need something. <laughs> I just wanted to come out and just whack Paul Amor over the head with the baseball bat, interrupting him and say, my client, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah, speaking of WWE 2K15, did you hear the news that they're f- that they're finally going to use for the next-gen systems, they're going to use the same motion capture that they used for NBA 2K14? That's good, to be honest, that's good. Because I'm like, yes, thank you, finally. Because my problem with WWE 2K14 was the fact that it was basically just, you know, the same old crap that uh, we be, we had with, you know, previous games. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, wait a minute, this isn't 2K. 2K has better production vi- value than this, but... With 2K, with the first WWE title, I think they wanted to play it safe, and then afterwards they're going to start experimenting. Because I think the game, that when they bought the rest, the wrestling license, they were like... They had a finished game, like THQ had a finished game, but they, you know... And I think yeah. they didn't completely throw it away, so they're like, okay, just polish it up as best you can, and then then the following year we will... Um, we'll do our own thing for next gen. Yeah. And um, 2K15, it looks like, at the moment, looks like it's been very good. At the moment, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of disappointed that this year they're not doing SummerSlam access, and usually SummerSlam access is when we get the roster reveal for these games. So I've, again, this again this is um, that was THQ. This is um, 2K, so you know they're probably acting differently on this product now because this is their first game. I would say that was uh, it's fully been made by them and not something that's been passed over to them. Like I said, I think. The last um, 2K14 was probably already was in production already when THQ went bankrupt. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of because again another get another reason to buy next gen because I'm curious to see you know finally we're gonna use you know the the face scanning and it's gonna look great you know. You posted this up as well. They actually got Michael Cole and Jerry King along together. They actually do commentary together. Trying to yeah, I'm like holy shit! Finally, took you fuckers forever. <laughs> they did get the whole camera angles and like where the cameras are set up. Actually, like you're actually watching a proper wrestling match, so you know. They're getting there. Oh, yeah, because, again, like, the problem, like, WWE 2K14 wasn't that bad of a game, but the problem was it was just, it just, it just felt unpolished. It just felt like you could do more with it. It it had, like, a lot of potential, but it just was the same generic crap that we've been getting for, God, how many years now? Since, um, I would say, 2010, I would say. Yeah, yeah, for, like, four years, and I'm kind of thinking to myself... You can do better, you know. You don't don't restrict yourselves to the problems that THQ and uh, had. 
where they tried constantly. Because my problem with THQ when they were developing the wrestling games was that every fucking year they were like, oh, we're going to add new features, we're going to add new features, and they're always going to end. They always ended up being garbage. Yeah. Like the fucking. SmackDown vs. Raw 2010 is hands down the worst fucking piece of shit I've ever played. Hands down. That game pissed me off so much. So much. Yeah. Like, and no, 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 it wasn't 2010, it was 2011. With the stupid, oh, we were going to have, like, back, you know, the open world stuff backstage, and it's just like, this is shit. <laughs> These shut your mouth did a better job. Yeah, it's like it's gonna be open world. Oh, by open world you mean just going from the from one cutscene to the next? Okay. Ugh. So heavy rain then. <laughs> Not even that. It's like oh, and they're gonna be side quests. You know, by side quests you mean going up to random wrestlers and talking to them to get bonus items, which are fucking useless because you can buy the stupid unlock everything pack. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. I I think that's pretty much all the news for wrestling off the top of my head. Okay, uh, one last wrestling-related thing before we wrap it up. What do you think of Cody Rhodes' new gimmick? What do you mean? Oh, God, Stardust. Um, <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Like, we all know they're going to end up having a match at SummerSlam, so can we please just get that going? Yeah, it's like, okay, I'll give Cody credit. He, he looked like he was having fun with the gimmick, and good for him, but... Again, this is just stalling. This is just fucking stalling. Because it's just like, come on. Give us the match already. Like, how how long can they beat the fucking Rybaxel on Raw? Like, they've been doing this for, like, what, two or three weeks now? I mean, come on. Either win those fucking belts for, for, for one pay-per-view, then lose them, go into the fucking final. If you're going to keep doing this with them without having the titles... Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, just, at, least, yeah. at least you can say as Cody was having fun with the actual role. Also, like when he smiles, it's fucking creepy. <laughs> like legit creepy. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm curious to see because they're gonna have a match either at Battlegrounds or SummerSlam, and I think it's gonna be SummerSlam. They're gonna have their match, but we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> okay, so that's it for all the wrestling news. So again, you know. I'm just gonna put a timestamp like uh, 3420, you know, so you can, sw- you know, go to that. So, anyway, moving on. Uh, speaking of comebacks, oh god, Danger Mouse is coming back. And for those who don't know, Danger Mouse is a British cartoon that aired in the 80s, and it's now getting renewed for a reboot in 2015. Oh. And they showed the first image, and I'm kind of like, okay. This is happening, I guess. <laughs> it's kind of curious because um, it, I think a lot of, some people know it's coming back. At the same time, a lot of people don't. And I'm curious to see where they're going to go with it because I've watched... Well, I mean, uh, when Daniel Ryan Ritchie's show was way it was way before my time. But I, it was still popular when I was a kid and everything like that because they showed the reruns and they still publish some books now and again here and there. But... And also, it had it did have a great cast as well. People were voicing the characters, like um, David Jason, Terry Scott, and I'm trying to I'm trying to remember who um, who did the um, the bad guy, the main. I don't remember. I don't remember, but I remember the main bad guy being a frog who had this little. No, no, not a frog. He was a toad who had this little 
I don't I don't know what it was called. It was like a little furry worm as a pet. Greenback, yeah, his name was. Oh, <laughs> but what I love about them was he had this crow bird henchman who was a racist Italian stereotype. <laughs> oh, that's the name who voiced Greenback was Ed Edworth um, Kensey, I think his name was. But yeah, again, it did have a good voice cast. Really good voice cast. Oh, God. I remember the episode where he tried taking over the world with talking pillows. Oh, God, that was funny. <laughs> it's like, pillows, stop. <laughs> no, pillows, listen to me. <laughs> For those who don't know um, what Danger Mounds is, it's made by the same people who made um, Count Duckier. Because um, some really weird reason a lot of Americans know who Count Duckier is. I don't know. I still don't get that. But... Um, but yeah, it's um, it was a very tongue-in-cheek sort of spy show, like basically um, really poke fun at stuff like Mission Impossible, The Avengers, and um, James Bond sort of stuff, you know? And you can tell from the first image they released as well, um, yeah, it's very James Bond-esque style with the whole looking down the barrel of a gun. I... I... Is it just me, or does his, he- does his head look like a fucking egg now? I don't... It looks kind of weird. But it's not too distractive, to be honest. The biggest... It's, it's, it's pretty close to what the original character was. The only real change, I would say, is the hair. Yeah, and and, and I think the eye patch is now square, as opposed to it being, you know, a normal eye patch on the original show. Yeah. Or that's, that's just me. It's yeah, it's squared because it was more like a rounded sort of eye patch sort of thing. But yeah, they made it a little bit squared. But um, like I said, Danger Mouse looks like Danger Mouse, and Penfold looks like Penfold. So you know, I'm. I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of weird seeing him wear like a blue blue spandex suit as opposed to a white spandex suit. It's kind of weird. I don't know. It may it maybe be the lighting they put on it. You know, so. I don't know. I'll wait. I'll wait until I see a more clearer image, you know, before I say. <laughs> before, okay, why is he wearing wearing a gimp suit? <laughs> oh, the horrible implications! <laughs> I'm curious who they're going to get to voice him, though. I'm actually really curious about that. Who's going to? You know who I love. You know who I'd love to see voice him. Who? David Tennant. I can kind of. See that. <laughs> I can see that a little bit. I'd love to see David Tennant voice him, and I'd love to see... You know who the... the who was the chief they had? They had a chief, right, who would call them up and say, hey, stop, whatever. Talking about, oh, God, um, I need to look up. Colonel K. Yeah. You know who I'd love to see Cur- who voiced Colonel K? Who? Tom Baker. <laughs> that, that, that would just be perfect for me. <laughs> oh, I'll just give... To just, just, just give Tom Baker a bottle of whiskey. I think he would just do the whole entire series himself. <laughs> it's either Tom Baker or Brian Blessed, someone with a deep voice. Yeah, oh, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of weird because the guy who voiced Colonel K was the same guy who voiced the main villain, so that's kind of the star within itself. Because they did a little thing um, on a radio show in the UK called Absolute Radio, and they did a scene. Um, Call um call call in celebrities, and one of the call in celebrity was David Jason, and the radio the radio presenter basically was talking about only Fort and horses and Danger Mouse, and they did say to him, "Oh, can you do the Danger Mouse voice?" And he did it. And keep in mind, it's only about two years ago, 
and he still he can still do the voice weirdly. Sounds like <laughs> do the voice, and I thought, oh my god. <laughs> it's 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 kind of weird hearing him do the voice because it's a posh British accent, and if you're familiar with his work on Only Fools and Horses, he has this like Cockney accent, and you're kind of like, that's Danger Mouse. <laughs> the thing was that when he did Only Fools and Horses, he was a Cockney anyway, so you know. <laughs> I, I still find it hilarious that he's the main guy on A Touch of Frost. <laughs> Just I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. I mean, Touch of Frost ended back quite a while ago, but it's um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where it's going to go with with, with this at the moment. Um, I'm not too shocked that they're bringing it back. They did um, was it Dennis the Menace cartoon show back a few, uh, literally like two years, about a year or two ago now, and it's like it's a very, I think it's going to do very well here. It's if it's done right, I think it's going to done done well here in the UK. If not, I think it's only going to last a season. It's one of those scenes that I'm not too too shocked about. It's been brought back into a TV show, but at least they didn't bother the... At least they didn't go the route of what they're doing with Banana Man. They're making a fucking film out of him. <laughs> Funny story about Banana Man. Everyone who worked on that cartoon fucking hates it. I'm not joking. Everyone who worked on that cartoon hates it with a passion. It's not, it's not the animation's bad. The voice acting's not that great, to be honest. And it's not a very well put together animation style in the first place. And for those that don't know what Bar- um, Banana Man is, he's originally a cartoon character, a parody of superheroes that started off in Ms. Comics, I think it's called, um, here in the UK. Then he went over to the Dandy. And he was on the Dandy for God knows how many years. And then they finally moved him over to the Beano when the Dandy's finally stunk. So, and now he's getting his own film, like, was it like 40 years too late? Oh, well, they are making... Have you seen the creepy Paddington Bear meme that's been going on? <laughs> when the teaser trailer, when he's basically hiding over the sort of... It, it's very, very weird at the moment because there's a lot of British nostalgia. Cartoon shows are coming back. <laughs> they've done Paddington Bear, they've done Danger Mouse, and they've done Postman Pat. Oh, God. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, Mark Kermode review for Postman Pat? That's fucking hilarious. Where he reviews it with a fucking straight face, and it's just like, wow, really? Wow. <laughs> I just that film that film has just done horribly here in the UK. It's like you're not if if it does get a US release or it, it, I don't even don't even care if it got a US release or not. But my God, it's god awful. <laughs> it's I, I haven't seen it, but from what I heard, it's not that good. The plot involves Postman Pat winning a singing contest by Simon Cowbell. Yep, and <laughs> the natural type of person. There's a love relationship sort of thing into it, and um, yeah, it's just not that good. But guess who? Guess guess who got the US rights for it? I just I just found out. Who? Um, shout out Factory. So expect that to come straight to DVD in the US. <laughs> well, if they have the rights, then can they release the original series on DVD as a complete series? That'd be great. That'd be much better than this shit. <laughs> Next British property is going to be. It's either going to be Rosie or Jim, but my money's on um, on Fireman Sand getting his own fucking film next. 
<laughs> Fireman Sam, the reboot. <laughs> him getting his own film. You know who I want to see have like a reboot? Who? Avenger Penguins. Oh God! Dude. <laughs> oh. God, that, that, if you don't know what Avengers Penguin, Penguins is, it's the same. It's a it's another cartoon made by the same people who made Darkwing Duck and uh, not Darkwing Duck, uh, uh, Count Duckula, and it's god awful. It's fucking awful. The animation is bad. The voice acting is horrendous. And I'm like, god damn. Go and see this. All I have to say to you is, if you want to basically watch it. Just go and watch my Biker Mice on Mars, and you've pretty much seen the show. Biker <laughs> Mice on um, The main bad guy's name is Galactus P. Doom. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the other British, some other British shows off the top of my head. I'm, um, I think there was one called, um, I think... I, I can see this French slash Canadian one getting was it like um what was it getting getting made in the field. Do you remember it called Sharky and George? Oh god, I remember Sharky and George. That show was awful as well. <laughs> oh god. Which is which is such a shame because like they had interesting character designs, but the vo- the English dub for that was just god fucking awful. I remember they used to play that a lot on BBC back in the day when, uh, when I was a kid growing up. Um, but yeah, I just... Personally, with Danger Mouse, I think I'm happy to see him back. I'm curious to see where they're going to go with him. Um, it might be good, it might not, but I'll wait until they release some video footage of it, like they did with Sonic Boom. Also, um... Yeah, I, I hate to tell you this, but they are making a fourth Chipmunks movie, so... Ugh. <laughs> getting commissioned! Is, there a, is this like, like counting a management? Is, um, what is it, um, Uber Bowl or something like that? He's, saving them money. He's like, no, 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 give me the rights. I can take it to Germany and we can get all the cash back. For this. <laughs> if you don't like my idea, I'll change you to a boxing match instead. And then I can do a really shitty commentary and we'll start halfway through it and come back talking about oh god it's just it's like why why are they making another one and it's bad enough you're making another fucking terminator movie with arnold which you know that's at least god damn that's more reasonable to be honest because look i i will only see the new terminator movie if there's a scene with where uh arnold punches matt smith in the face because that will bring me so much joy. <laughs> okay, okay. Because <laughs> it's bad. Because it's just like, oh, Matt Smith's gonna be in it, and I'm like, wow, you, uh, you really made that leap into Hollywood, Matt. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I just got a really bad feeling that um, woman um, was it Kerry Gilligan is gonna actually have a better film career than Matt Smith is going to have. You already signed up to do Terminator, so that's all that you need to know about his career. <laughs> kind of a sad. It's, it's, it seemed to be the curse of the Doctor, to be honest. You play that, <laughs> and you just come out of it, and you're just not the same man. <laughs> but, because we said, like, oh, you know, David Tennant's doing well for himself. Nope. <laughs> he's, in a, he's in a tough place right now. 
He did. For God's sake. <laughs> yep, he did Postman Pat, and that's all you need to know about his career. <laughs> let's get we're getting off top. Let's go back to the chipmunks for a minute here. So, someone basically saw these three horrendous films and thought, okay, these deserve to get a fourth film. Because... Money! That's why. It's coming out during Christmas, so we know it's going to be a, a Christmas special. <laughs> Oh god, and they're going on the road or some bullshit like that. I'm kind of like, stop, just stop making these movies. They're awful. <laughs> they keep getting made because they keep making fucking money. That's the reason why. It's like the first, like I'm trying to remember, the first one made something was made on a budget of peanuts, and then it's basically it's like, holy shit, um, we actually made quite a bit of money here. So you know, let's try to cram this out as much as possible, and it just kept going. I still think the second one is the worst, where they go to high school, and it's like, oh, you know, they're in high school, and the girls like them. Ew. The girls got all wet over them, and basically want to stick down their furries. <laughs> 70 million, and it basically made a 400, and it made, made, a budget, made a profit of four. Like, again, I'm an anthro lover, but even then, I'm kind of like, nope, this shit is wrong. Nope. <laughs> like the last film, the um, Chipwreck, that was made on a budget of eighty million, so basically ten million more, and made three hundred over three hundred million. Oh my god! I don't know what's going on with these people, but people taking their kids to go and see this shit. So, <laughs> oh god! Well, it's, uh, this is what uh, this is what kids' movies have come to. Sadly, just shit, just god awful shit. Announced them they're remaking the Smurf film franchise. Kobani, how bad the second one did. <laughs> oh yeah, because oh, and speaking of remakes, they're rebooting Scooby Doo because you know the first two live action movies were so great, right? <laughs> I was watching American Pie two today, and I, um, and the you know the guy who plays Stifler. Yeah, Jason Biggs. No, not Jason Biggs. Uh, Sean William Scott. And when, when he's laughing and everything like that, when he, there's a scene where he's running away, he's laughing. I thought, oh, God, glad they didn't cast him back when he did Scooby-Doo, the original Scooby-Doo film. He sounded just like Shaggy from, from the cartoons there when he was laughing. <laughs> and I think to myself, if, if, if anyone does listen to this, you work in a studio, please don't take that idea on board to cast him for, for, for the new Shaggy, for, for the Scooby-Doo reboot. For the love of God, don't. Well, thankfully, he's too old for, to do it. Thank fuck. <laughs> probably going to be some person back back there for his studio. We should get that guy from American Pie. He's still here and cool, right? <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, again, this is 20th Century. Is it 20th Century Fox that post did the last Scooby-Doo films? I don't know. Uh, no, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers did it. That's right. So knowing them, they, they probably are going to get some bit actor who very well know, known as that... Oh off the block or something like that, you know? You're probably going to get one of those Twilight kids because <laughs> they're not doing shit. Oh, please, don't get... Don't get don't, don't get the guy who plays Jacob. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that guy... Because that guy pissed off everyone in Hollywood and they're like, no, fuck you. We're not hiring you to do anything because, ugh, he pissed off a lot of people. Well, yeah, just show, show what his film career got to because he was in Grown Ups. Two? Yeah. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs>
So he's in with that crowd. So, you know, especially seeing a lot of Adam Sandler's films from now on. <laughs> and yet he still has more of a career than, career than Rob Schneider. <laughs> oh, God, don't mention Rob Schneider, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this conversation went to a dark road. <laughs> when you talk about Adam Sandler, it normally goes down here anyway. Um, it's crap. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Scooby Doo. It depends how they're going to do it. Have they said it's going to be live action? Yeah, it's it's a live action movie, so it's like, wow, you guys are because because like I said, it's like yeah, because the first two ones were so good. That's why you're going to remake them. Yeah, go go figure. Mm, I don't know. Maybe it. Mo- I don't know. Maybe it worked. Maybe it not. It depends who you get the work on it. You know. I know, just just get Kevin Smith to do it, you know, because he did that whole trippy bit with doing that parody of them in, in the Scooby-Doo van, you know, so just get <laughs> Yeah, get Kevin Smith because he ain't doing shit these days other than podcasting and sitting on his ass posting shit on Facebook, so, you know, he's your guy. <laughs> he's, he's like, I know he did a parody of them in, in like, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but this, it, he still appreciates the wars, it still appreciates the source material to make it look like what he did in that film, so, you know. Just get him to do it, and and then everyone you can get all the pop references out of the way as well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, anyway, on to other movie news. Did you hear that? Uh, well, this is kind of a spoiler for Guardians, but I don't fucking give a shit. But did you hear who is going to be in Guardians? Nova. Yep. Oh, big whoop! Fucky do! It's not like they showed off the Nova call in the in the first. No, but you want to know who's who's played by? I think I heard about this, but go ahead. Nathan Fillion. Um, I wait and see. Because I love Nathan Fillion, but I think it's kind of weird that he's play he's a, he's essentially playing a uh, Green Lantern light. Because again, there was that whole thing where it's like, oh, get Nathan Fillion to be Green Lantern, and they didn't, and now he's Nova. So there you go. <laughs> They always get people you either think can fit the role. Basically, they get people you don't think think you think fit the role, and then when they do get the people, and you're like, oh, okay, I can see that, you know. <laughs> it, it, um, was it? How- but, but I do, but I do think that he's kind of a little bit old because he's kind of like in his mid forties, and Noah's supposed to be like in his mid thirties. So uh, you know, I'll wait and see. <laughs> fucking role, you know, because there's a whole bunch of them. It's, it's like the Greenlander guy. If one fucking dies, you can replace him with, with another fucking person. Well, they already replaced him with a teenager in the comics, so there you go. <laughs> that didn't go over too well. No, I mean, I, I'm, I've actually heard that the Nova Comics has been doing really well, but I haven't read it because the first five issues have been written by Jeff Loeb, and I refuse to read anything that man has, po- has written. Oh, game of Jeff Loeb, Jesus Christ, man. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to write this book, and I'm, it's going to be great. And then he leaves after five issues because he's a fucking pussy. Game with you, Jeff Loeb. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, but again, it's Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb's easy target, to be fair. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I will never let an ultimatum go. Brand new, you know, one more day, fine, I can get over that. But fucking ultimatum, ugh, that, that shit's going to live... Forever. I think I think Ultimatum is going to live with every everyone who was reading Ultimate comics because again we've barked on about this so many times on this podcast. Is that Ultimatum killed, basically killed the Ultimate universe. And I don't care what people say. Oh no, Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider-Man with my boy Miles Morales is really good. Okay, 
fair enough, I give you that. But still, at the same time, it's like, yeah, apart from Ultimate Spider-Man, what else you got going for it? Because you killed the whole momentum of the Avengers when you brought them back in the reboot. You brought in the Red Skull, fantastic storyline, really fucked up interpretation of the character. What you do, Samuel Jackson puts a bullet in his head. So that was done, dealt with really quick, quickly. And basically now they're retconning everything by bringing, like, how many villains back now? They brought back Doctor Doom, they brought back Peter Parker, the original Peter Parker, and it's like, you're running out of ideas! <laughs> forgot, you forgot to mention the Green Goblin. Oh, God. I swear to God, if P- Peter turns out to be the new Goblin, I'm fucking done with this shit. I swear to God. Yeah. Again, with the old universe, it's like, um, I like to describe it as um, Emmerdale. For anyone who doesn't know what Emmerdale is, it's a soap opera here in the UK. It's like Charlie Brooker described it as, basically, it has its moments, and anyone who wants to throw a big hissy fit, they normally get a big explosion going off, and that's pretty much what Older Mason is, have a big explosion and kill a load of people off. Sort of with <laughs> Emmerdale. <laughs> oh, it's bad. And, it, and, and here's how bad it was. It was so bad, they rebooted it twice. And it still sucks. <laughs> yeah, because it, this whole universe is just, just riding on my rallies, um two-stick, to be honest. Because that's the only thing that's really going for this whole universe is Miles Morales. And it's just, you know. And speaking of Miles Morales, he's going to make his final, in, his anime debut in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. And I'm like, okay, fine. Good for him, I guess. <laughs> Oh, you do realise what they did before that, right? Before Miles came in. Um, Agent Venom made his appearance as well. I've seen that episode, and that episode was okay, I guess. <laughs> no, it's just... Like, his whole character was... A, the reason why they did Agent Venom was the fact that it was a, kind of a homage slash tribute to the tropes, to the American tropes and stuff like that, and it's just kind of like... Okay. <sighs> like, I... I want to like the character, I really do, but I'm sorry, but I cannot look up a picture of him where he's not holding guns, and I'm kind of like, why do you need guns when you have the fucking symbiote, asshole? You end up beating up, well, that's in the episode itself, he ended up, was it, beating the beetle up, basically getting his gear, and now the symbiote... Yeah, I, I, I did like him in the episode, I think he was written well, because he didn't fucking use a gun, he actually used the symbiote properly, and I'm kind of like, oh, you know, this is pretty cool. And there was actual moral dilemma with Spider-Man. He's like, oh, you know, I know what the symbiote does. Please let it go. And he's like, no, this is my only chance to be a hero. I'm nothing. I'm like, holy shit, there's an actual moral dilemma here. Is it going to get resolved? This nope. <laughs> Spider-Man cartoon is that for most of the time it just doesn't cry, but when it does, it's surprisingly good. When it actually does pull its finger out of the glass and actually does try, you know? Because it wasn't a bad episode, it was a decent episode, I think it was okay, you know, I mean, it's not, it wasn't anything to write home about, I mean, it did try to do something when you were the character, so, okay, you know, I might check out the comics now. <laughs> did Justice 2, definitely, almost why, man, a lot of people give it shit, but when it does actually try, it does do it well, because I just have to say this, it did Green Goblin really well. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of mixed on his character a little bit. They gave the best of both elements to the character. Basically, they knew that people were going to be upset that they didn't do the ultimate version of Green Goblin, and they knew people were going to be upset if they didn't do the six one six version of the Green Goblin. So basically, what they did is they basically gave us a hybrid between the two. So you know, it's better than nothing. I would say that much. 
Yeah, and I and I kind of do like Osborne a little better in this episode in this series because at least he has a tale of redemption where he starts out as a villain and then after he turns back he becomes a hero for a little while. I'm kind of like, hey, you know, that's kind of cool, I guess. Patriot. Yeah, it's kind of like, ah, uh, you know, I I guess it makes sense and. At least it wasn't like, oh, I was evil the whole time. I was just fooling everyone. No, he was actually a legit good guy. And I'm kind of like, huh, that's actually new. I actually kind of like that. But what do you do after that? Turn him back into the goblin. Of course. And also, Stanley, the basic I think everyone knew, knew Stanley was working for S.H.I.E.L.D., to be honest. That was a big, obvious thing. Oh, sorry if I spoiled it. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> no, like everyone, anyone gives a shit about this show. Uh, it's just like it was the lizard episode, and it was pretty much a homage to the Amazing Spider-Man film when the lizard broke into the school and started hunting everyone. And, I do like his voice, though. I do like D. Bradley Baker as the lizard. He's probably the best lizard we've had for quite a while now. And apparently, they basically say that, oh yeah, Stanley, um, Stanley is one of the founders of Shield, and I thought that was a good little nice reference, you know. <laughs> It's just, I, it's, it's, okay, like, I mean, like, when the show first started out, I'll I'll say this, when the show first started out, it was garbage, but over the years, it's kind of went from being garbage to mediocre. Yeah, oh yeah. And that's what it is now, it's just mediocre, it's not terrible, like, because the earlier episodes, Jesus fucking Christ, they were unwatchable. They were goddamn unwatchable. Could I say this this with your attitude towards Teenage Witch and Ninja Turtles, then? Basically, you thought it was a mediocre show got to a good show. And I'm right in saying that? Because uh, T- TMNT is kind of different. Because TMNT does, does episodes I really like, and then it does episodes I really fucking hate. So, you know, it's a different beast altogether. I'm, like, I'm liking what they're doing with... Um... You know, I'm I'm like what they're doing with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at, at the moment. I, I think it's. A... Have Have you kept up with it? Yeah, I've, I've been keeping up with it. I need to watch the most recent episode because I haven't seen that one yet. What was the last one you saw? Oh God, um, I think it's the. Oh, what was it? You know when they um, they got our father back, and there was the cat in the fridge that is now a. I, it's like mutated with ice cream. Yeah, that was uh, that's weird. <laughs> Those, there's an episode when April finds a stray cat or something like that. She basically trying to find it at foam, and it gets in the mutagen, and then the mutagen get mixed up with ice cream, and it turns into an ice cream cat. And turtles keep it as a pet and keep it in, keep it in its in the freezer downstairs um, in the sewer. But what was the last episode you watched? I'm trying to remember what happened in it, because um, we're on season three at the moment, right? No, it's two. It's still two. Two hasn't ended. You know. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, to really be honest. Because um, I remember you. we talked about, the last episode we talked about was the Baxter Stockman episode where he mutates into a fly. I think that the, was the last one I watched, or was it the... Um, I think that's the last one I watched. Oh, wow, then you're so behind, dude. <laughs> the Fly episode. Uh, what, was, what was the one that came after that one? Um, it's the one with Raphael and Casey Jones. Um, basically, I um, want to handle bigger mutant threats and stuff like that. Oh, no, I remember what it is. Um, it's the dungeon... Um, 
There's the one where they're down in the sewer and they're dealing with um, what's it? Um, the Dungeon Dragon parody. Oh no, that was that was the one that came before that. The 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 one that came after the Baxter Stockman one was the Return of the Neutralizer. No, I I I, I need to keep up up now. I didn't realize because <laughs> you're like oh I I don't know like uh, four episodes behind now. <laughs> Those shows that had a really weird dating to be honest because like they show quite they show like three episodes really close together and then it has like a very weird break and then it shows the next three episodes to get next three or four episodes all together in very close periods. Yeah, I, I and again that you mentioned the dungeon. Dungeons and Dragons one that was an episode I wasn't too fond of. I thought that was a stupid filler episode, to be quite honest. Yeah, that was blank one on one filler. You know that was. Yeah. Eh. I, I hated the whole. Oh, I'm not evil. I just wanted someone to play with. I'm like, go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. Remind <laughs> me of a little bit. What? You got a really did huge disgruntled against yeah, this the Batman Beyond episode. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Which one? That kid. Oh God! And, um... I I hate that episode because not because of the Rad Kid because the Rad Kid was uh, you know he had a legit reason for hating people and I'm kind of thinking to myself okay you know he's not that bad of a kid but then fucking what's her face Terry's girlfriend who you know he kidnaps well yeah I mean he kidnapped her that was wrong but he just did it because he wanted a friend you know she was just a bitch to him. Ugh. That, that was a very weird episode, to be honest. Uh, I didn't read it. Yeah, it's like it's like you know, who am I supposed to root for here? Because I'm rooting for the brat kid. Because you know, at least he was being nice to her. Just, for God's sakes. Uh, Tiger Crawl returning in the teenage in, in Turtle Thing. Oh, I thought he was a pretty cool character. Uh, he does. So spoiler, sorry. <laughs> Not very much of a spoiler, to be honest, because they were really referencing him down the fucking throat, saying, "Yeah, he, he's going to be back at some point." <laughs> did you see the Link Shredder picture? Oh yeah, I've seen that. Edward Sidderhand Shredder. Oh god, yeah, I know a lot of people give it shit, but you know what? It's much better than Kevin Nash. I'll just say that. <laughs> oh god, um, Kevin Nash is as uh, so, oh god that that was not good. That was. It's like, and I, I love how everyone's complaining about it. It's like, oh, you looks too big and blah, blah, blah. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, have you seen any of the other Shredders in the, t- in the, t- in the 2003 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show? Because <laughs> if you have, then you would notice that he would he constantly changed his armor. And there were like, what, four different Shredders in that show alone? So, shut up. <laughs> that Shredder was always always been huge. That's the thing, because his armor was always meant to be intimidating. And uh, that one thing I will give... Both of the incarnations of Teenage Mutant of Days have always made the Shredder armor look intimidating. Yeah, and it looks great. I don't, I don't get the problem. Oh yeah, it has knives on it, but so what? He always has knives on his shit. Yeah. And razor. What about the razor blade cape though? <laughs> it does look. Because have you heard what people are saying? It looks like a Rob Liefeld creation. Oh come on, that's that's being too harsh. <laughs> I know, but still, it's... Again, it's... Uh, the only reason why people were giving this film so much... Again, it's because Michael Bay produced it, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, look, just wait and watch the movie, like, because from what I've seen, it doesn't look that bad, okay? If you're going to bitch about the turtles looking like shit, and I'm like, oh, well, oh, I'm sorry. 
When have they not looked like shit in live action? Yeah. This is what I mean. It's just like, I don't trust the director because, you know, he did, was it Darkness Falls, Battle, Los Angeles, and he also did the sequel to Crash of the Titans, we the Titans. Yeah, which I'm kind of worried about it, to be quite honest. <laughs> did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginnings? Oh, Christ. <laughs> and and this is, arguably, this is Michael, Michael Bay's protege sort of thing. God, I take Michael Bay over him any day because his his stuff is just goddamn unwatchable. <laughs> I was a conversation with a couple mates of mine and everything like that. Um, I think um, if you ever want to get um, this, this is what you need to do with with Michael Bay is that um, I don't personally I don't think he's a great director. The only thing he's good at doing is big destructive scenes and things are blowing up. Sort of like um, the guy did in Independence Day, you know that guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Ron Emmerich. I mean, again, the guy gets a lot of shit, and when I'm like, he's not that bad of a director. I've seen worse, okay? I've seen fucking worse. If you want to make a really good film with him, just get very. You all you need to do, just have Ron Emmerich as the producer of it, but make him in charge of the visual effects of it as well. Because <laughs> if you get a director with him as a producer, Ron Emmerich, I think you can get a really great, well-told story as a disaster film. You know. Yeah, I mean, because again, like, I mean, I used to be angry at Michael Bay, but now, now, I, now that I look at it, I'm kind of like I'm, I'm just angry at the fans now more than anything because Michael Bay just gets so much fucking shit, and I'm kind of like, you do realize that he's not the worst director in Hollywood, right? Because there are tons more worse than him. Oh, so you, trust me. So you're not mad about him for Age of Extinction? I have not seen that, so. <laughs> You didn't realize that film is literally out in like four days. <laughs> I have not seen that, and quite frankly, you know, I'll just wait until it comes out to make my judgment on that. Like that film's gonna come out in like four, six days. Like, because from what I've seen, it's you know, it looks decent for you know a Michael Bay movie. Lots of shit going blown up, so you know, blowing up the military, um, slow motion. Um, <laughs> And um, probably sex, racism, jokes, and probably stereotypes everywhere. <laughs> You're a Michael Bay film, but pay me a lot of money, Michael Bay. There you go. I, I gave you a. <laughs> I will say this. I, you know, Michael Mike Wahlberg is a much welcome lead as opposed to child of fuckface. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because it's still Steven Spielberg still attached to this project because I don't know if he, is, he isn't for this one. I don't know, because cause even Michael Bay was like, I'm not doing a fourth one, I'm just doing three movies, but then Paramount was like, fuck no, bitch, <laughs> you know, we've made a lot of money, you're going to make more Transformers movies. <laughs> no, 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 and then they just dropped a big bag of money back and said, right, well, when do we start? <laughs> and it's, it's weird as well, because um, I, I think you're going to be angry at this, because I know you're such a huge um, Transformers fan. Um, they didn't get Hugo Weave, Weave back to do Megatron, but um, because of this, they have got um, Galvatron now. <laughs> Which, come on, you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Calling that since Transformers 3. <laughs> it's just like, because you've killed this character off so many goddamn times, he cannot keep coming back, okay? <laughs> first, off the first Transformers film, it's Galvatron. It's Galvatron, second film. 
Okay, he's going to come back as Galvatron. Okay, no Galvatron. Okay, he's been ripped to shit. Okay, does he finally come back as Galvatron? Finally, he's coming back as Galvatron. <laughs> I do kind of find it weird that only Galvatron and Lockdown are like the two the two Decepticons we've gotten so far. Everyone else is an Autobot, and kind of thinking to myself, hmm, Look, this, this can go either way now. Lockdown being the only Decepticon that managed to survive in all these fucking films, I notice. <laughs> I do love the fact that he has a gun face mode. That's just hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, he. Oh god, Steve Spielberg is the exterior producer for the film still, so you know. Christ. Again, if it makes money, you know. Spielberg <laughs> around just so they can try to make get more money out of this film franchise. Uh, you know, I mean, it's going to get a lot of hate. People are going to shit on it. But quite frankly, it's another Transformers movie. You you know what to expect, for God's sakes, at this point. Stop stop whining about it. You know what to expect. Oh, I didn't see the last one in cinema, but the last one made over $1 billion. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know what to expect at this point. I'm just waiting for Hasbro to, to finally release a My Little Pony film. I'm just... <laughs> Oh, oh God, no! I know that's the day where the internet will finally just self-destruct on itself when they announce that movie. <laughs> it's bad enough they're doing a gem movie for God's sakes. Like, oh, we're gonna do a gem movie. I'm like, who remembers gem? <laughs> I'm no, 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 no. The film I'm waiting for. I mean, it's Hungry, Hungry Hippos, man. <laughs> I so because okay, go back in time to 2005. Robot Chicken did a sketch where Hollywood ran out of ideas and they made board games into movies. They, and now these guys must be kicking themselves in the nuts because they predicted Hollywood's next next move. <laughs> that would be the <laughs> I can see them doing Hungry Hungry Hippo. My Little Ponies can be another one. And knowing <laughs> they're probably, just to piss off that fan base even more, they're probably going to be like, okay, let's make a live-action film, not base it off the Flash series. So, you know, just to rub it in the salt, that's what I mean. It's either, if they do announce it, they're going to be, it's going to be a cartoon show like the new show, or if they're going to be a live-action thing. The internet's basically going to implode on itself. Well, they already made the human versions of the, of that fucking thing, and I'm kind of like, ugh. <laughs> when, when the day they announced that show, I'm just going to say this much, Fanfic just exploded. <laughs> Say what you will but about the Michael Bay Transformers movies, but at least they're not fucking horrifying to look at like the fucking Bratz dolls that they came out for the My Little Pony characters, because those are just... Ugh, I just really ugh. something. If they ever do a live-action like a Little Pony film, I see Michael Bay doing it. <laughs> Basically, it would involve the military, it involved, like, ghetto rat pony and it'd it be all fucking weird and Optimus Prime shows up for no goddamn reason <laughs> yeah. it'd be like that scene from Casper the Friendly Ghost when you when, when he basically runs in and say transform and roll out and he just rolls off the screen just getting his paycheck <laughs> oh god yeah uh, <laughs> are Hasbro um, making a new Transformers series or are they continuing the cartoon Oh, have you seen the new designs for the new next Transformers show? They're horrifying. I've seen them, but I have. I did see your Facebook basically rumbling and raving per usual. About that. <laughs> oh, like, oh God, that guy with the wheels. Oh, oh God. <laughs> what? You, what? Wheeling? <laughs> you know, 
Because that scares the shit out of me because it it reminds me of that show that I will not speak of. GoBots? No, no, the other show that I do not want to speak of ever. I have no idea. <laughs> the one that involves organic Cybertron. Oh, oh, um, Beast Machines. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I was struggling there for a little bit. I thought, what are you talking about? And then when you said organic, I thought, oh, it has to be Beast Machines, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I, I, one thing that bugs me about, what was it, Sideswipe's design is that he has spiky hair. Yeah. And he's, and he's going to be voiced by one of the fucking Glee kids. <sighs> you, do re- <sighs> you do realize that those guys have to move on ever since Glee got canceled, right? Yeah, but, ugh, fucking hate that show. <laughs> Oh god! And basically, they're going to infest. They're they're going to be like the um, what is it? I'm trying to think of the name of that virus, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But basically, it's just going to infest your transformers, and you're just never going to get that mental image out of your head. That basically, yeah, it's just like, oh, why why would you cast him? I'd take Terra Strong any day over him. <laughs> take Terra Strong over. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's like they're megabyte and hexadecimal infecting the goddamn mainframe. <laughs> I like megabyte. <laughs> well, no, I shouldn't compare them to megabyte. Megabyte is actually charming. They're like the fucking god. What was it? They're li- they're like that fish that swims up your fucking penis and ugh. I was gonna think more of um, along the lines of the mudflip and skids. Yeah, that's what they remind me of. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. Cause it just, cause it just bothers me. I don't like. I hate the design where it's just like he has spiky, a spiky head that looks like a fucking mohawk. Because you know he's a bad boy. Ugh. Just, just I, I hate this because it just, it looks way too dumb compared to the last Transformers show we've gotten. And I'm just. Mm. I don't know off the top of my head. I think it might work and might not, but... And it, and they already announced that Polygon Pictures, the guys who did the animation for Transformers Prime, is coming back, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, okay, if that's the case, is this going to be in 3D or 2D? Because you're showing us 2D concept designs, so... Well, again, it's, no. it's titled Robots in Disguise. Which, again, great title, because there's not a, there's not have been a Transformers show that was called The Robots in Disguise. Oh, wait. <laughs> there was. <laughs> and it had one redeeming factor about it, and it was Skybite. Apart from that, nothing else. <laughs> oh, uh, and what's worse, there's a toy line called Robots in Disguise that was released for the Prime toy line. There's a comic book, there's a fantastic comic book series called Robots in Disguise. So again, nice for being lazy with naming Hasbro. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think this is going to go to? Because they got Hasbro got all these properties at the moment. They made GI Joe. They made Transformers. I think their next step is going to be it's going to have to be My Little Pony because that is a money milker in their stuff. They are missing a chance. I think one of they made one film, one animation film to to the theaters, but. I think they're missing a huge opportunity, you know, just milking it, you know? Well, they're already making G.I. Joe 3, so... Ugh. The rock back in that? I don't know. 
If The Rock's not back in it, I don't give one single fuck about it. <laughs> He'll probably be back because G.I. Joe 2 made enough money to give them another fucking sequel, so whatever. To be fair, that's the only thing I did enjoy about out, out of G.I. Joe 2 was The Rock. <laughs> With his horrible acting where he's trying to act sad and shit. <laughs> And he was the most enjoyable thing out of that film. He did. He gave. He did. He showed up. It's not hard to, but he showed up. Bruce Willis. Well, okay. Bruce Willis stopped giving a shit about his movies a long time ago, dude. <laughs> uh, no, I, I will say this. At least they gave Cobra Commander a decent design, so that's something. Okay, I, that, that's two things. I enjoyed the rock in it and the design of Cobra Commander. Apart from that, no. It, it was just awful, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, wow, you guys did not give a shit, and this movie was delayed. Keep that in mind. <laughs> I year just compost-burt it into 3D or something like that. Yeah, and I saw it in 3D, and I'm kind of like... You know, the only good scene about that in that entire movie was the fight scene with Snake Eyes and the ninjas. That was the only good scene. But yeah, again, this is G.I. Joe we're talking about. So, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things that did work and it had some very stupid moments. It's like, you're out. What's his name? He's at that too. Oh, Destro. You know, one of the most iconic, iconic G.I. Joe villains of all time is not in the movie. Okay. <laughs> You got rid of what's her name, um, you know, um, Baroness. You got rid of the Baroness, and then you got rid of Destro. Okay, sure, what, whatever. And who has more screen time than Cobra Commander? Firefly. You know that henchman from the comics who was barely in the cartoon. Okay, I never. That makes sense. Personally, I never read the comics, so I'm not a hundred percent sure. Oh, the new the new IDW run is fantastic. You should pick that up. That's a great run. The only G.I. Joe comic I read was the crossover one they did, um, was, um... Infestation. Infestation, yeah. That's the only one I read, read of G.I. Joe. And I, I, I did enjoy that, so, you know, I might give G.I. Joe the comic run a look at. It's be- and, and, and Robots in Disguise, I know you're not a huge Transformers fan, but the new Robots in Disguise uh, comic is fantastic. Well, there's so much mythology with Transformers. Oh, yeah, I'm trying <laughs> The the thing for those who don't know, if you're ever going to get in Transformers in its comic line, it's all about the mythology of it. There's an episode. Yeah, it's 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 really, it's tough to follow, but the I like what they're doing with the new stuff. I mean, even though Dark Cybertron the crossover thing was just a mess, but I like what they're going for. I guess. Read the Megatron, the Megatron Origins. That was quite good. Oh, I, oh, where he's a gladiator, and then you know explains why he became became leader of Decepticons and whatnot. I thought that was done well. Like he started off as a normal worker, then he got drafted in being a gladiator, and then he basically created his old regime and stuff. It was an interesting take on the character and a great origin story. I thought. Well, in the new one, they explain in Dark Cybertron or the prelude to Dark Cybertron, they explain Shockwave's origin, and it's a fantastic origin, which. I like it. They explain why he has a uh, one gun arm, and he they explain how he lo- why he looks like a you know one eyed cyborg. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's good idea. And I love, dude. If you're gonna go into robots in disguise, my my favorite character has to be Starscream because he's written so well, <laughs> so well. He's written fantastic. 
he's written as good as um, Transformers Animated. Yeah, <laughs> a lot better than Transformers Animated, I'll tell you that right now. But yeah, it's just, um, Transformers, they're all about the mythology and stuff like that. It's very hard to follow um, its continuity, but once you get into it, it's pretty good. Yeah, again, lucky, lucky you have me, my Transformers expert and all. <laughs> I, mean, I, I did like the video games, because the video games did try to explain their origins, but then the second game came out, and it, that was completely rushed. <laughs> oh, speaking of Transformers games, have you seen the new trailers for the new one that they're coming out with? There's a new trans. Bloody hell. I'm losing. <laughs> and that one looks rushed as all shit, by the way. <laughs> the only thing that really fucked me off was that when they brought out that first Transformer game, was it, um, was it the Four Cybertron? War, for, war for Cybertron. Was it War? I can't. Whatever. War. Yeah. War for Cybertron. War for Cybertron. That game was like. Critic, that that was a critically acclaimed game. People say was saying that it was the equivalent of what they did for the superhero game genre for Batman Arkham Arkham Asylum. Okay, that's going way too far. I'm not serious. I did really read a review saying that it was a good. Be fair, you haven't played it. Highly recommended game. Go and play it. Um, but it's just one of these things, and it's just like, okay, you made one good game. Now what? Okay, we're gonna make a shitty one. Okay, we make another shitty one. Okay, we make a. Oh, here's here's the shitty Deadpool game. After that, Ugh. <laughs> okay, let's make the game that's basically based on the cartoon show, which is a cheap, quick tie-in to the product. <laughs> and I love how and I and I love how Activision was like, oh shit, we need to promote the new Transformers movie. Okay, mix that with mix the movie robots with the with the with the uh, other robots and call it a game. It looks rushed as all shit. It looks awful. I, I know you made some different opinion on the game, but I still argue that game was really well done and the story for it was really well. If you still especially was into the whole mythology like you are, I think it. I, for me, for those who don't know, I mean, I like I liked the first one, but I wasn't like super crazy about it like everyone else. I mean, and I and I fucking hated the second one. The second one was garbage. Fair. The first game was really well done. <laughs> it was really was surprisingly done. No one was expecting this game to do well, but it done surprisingly well for its gameplay style, voice acting, and everything else. It basically surpassed everything with everyone's expectations, and then. They rushed out um, the second game, which was um, all of Cybertron. Cybertron, and everyone got a bit meh about it, but it still did. The only good thing, the only good thing about that game was playing as the as Grimlock. That was the only good part about that game. Heard very mixed things about the second game. It did okay for per se, but it wasn't too great. But yeah, again, the the one thing I will call build bullshit on that game is the final boss. Or for the Autobots, you know who was it? Who was it again? I don't remember. Forming T Rex robot. The Decepticons had. Oh, oh, oh Tripticon, Tripticon. Yeah, that boss was a. It wasn't unfair, but it was a pain in the ass to beat. Oh, I thought you were talking about the final boss in the second game. There was no fucking final boss in the second game. <laughs> Final boss in the second game, literally can go fuck itself. <laughs> but 
it's, I don't know, it's, yeah, Transformers. Because yeah. I, you know, again, I, you know, the first one, I didn't, I liked it, but I wasn't crazy about it, but the second game, Jesus Christ, that, that game was fucking awful. So, yeah, they got the new game coming out in three days. Well, Tuesday. Yeah, so. so, three. Let's not get a pedantic on this. The Rise of the Dark. What was it called? Rise of the... Rise of the Dark Spark, a shitty fucking title if I ever heard one. <laughs> be a crossover with, with the Transformer film series and a video game series. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like shit. It looks like it was rushed together, put together for no reason, and it's just like, yep, there you go. <laughs> okay, here's Galvatron, here's Megatron, merge them together. <laughs> Here's Grimlock. Everyone likes Grimlock. No, not really. <laughs> the bastard love child of Grimlock and the Dragon Sword. <laughs> the first time I saw that, I thought it was the fucking Dragon Sword. <laughs> Dragon Sword to me. <laughs> sorry, David Jason Frank, but you know, sorry. Just <laughs> saying that because we. It's not like he's going to hear this, but if he does hear this, I'm afraid he's just going to round half my head off. For some- <laughs> I will not talk about. I will not talk shit about him because he's a badass, and I know he can kick my ass any day of the week. <laughs> One half his age in his first M and A debut, so you know. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Oh god! <laughs> if I ever get him on this show, it's going to be awkward. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine you just sit there, and be like, yeah. So, which one of you guys say my dragon sword look like that really pissed, that really poor adaptation of Grimlock? <laughs> what did you say about Wolverine? Nothing, sir. <laughs> Wolverine! You do realise if you ever do get on the show, you basically, you're going you're gonna to have to bring up the motorbikes. <laughs> oh, God. Come on, that, that was one of the worst films. That was one of the worst things you've ever been in. <laughs> oh, God. If, if, I, I swear, because because he's the dude's schedule is insane. Like he's busy with a lot of conventions, and if he wasn't, then I would have gladly contacted him about showing up. But you know, he's busy with a lot of shit. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. He's a really awesome to uh, guy. That, that's the thing. You should for anyone that's curious, follow him on Facebook. He's, for say the last two years, he's been updating Facebook and Twitter like crazy, and. He's an interesting guy to follow. Yeah, because when when he came back on, um, you know, Power Rangers, he got, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I remember him. And then he came back and became more active on social media. And you're like, oh, wow, really sweet guy. And and it's shocking because he's a huge WWE fan. He's a huge comic book fan. It's like, wow, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> you know what I'm really surprised about? You, you know he's supposed to be debuting again as the Silver Power Ranger in that new Power Ranger thing? You know about this, right? Is he? I don't know. You knew it? Okay, right. I need Right. He's basically coming back. I think he's coming back to do one more series again, um, but he's going to be like the Silver Power Ranger or something like that. I, I, I haven't heard any news of this. This is what I heard sort of thing, and um, if that's the case, WD, why the fuck have you not got him to be a guest on your show on WD Gets? Love of God, Pete said you got what's his name, the Price of the Right guy, and Kiwi Herman. So you know, 
<laughs> oh god, I'd love to see a backstage skit with the Power Rangers and in the suits with with John Cena. That'd be fucking hilarious. That's the thing ever. Because <laughs> that would be the most funniest joke ever. <laughs> Again, I a huge Power Rangers fan and a huge you know WWE fan, so make it happen. <laughs> so yeah, we got any other news? No, that, that's pretty much it. Um, I wanted to talk about something else, but we're going like over time, and I don't want this thing to be like two hours long. So sorry, guys. <laughs> so yeah. Um, no, no. I mean, because because we wanted, I wanted to talk about like what was it, Wally West? But then I figured it's not worth it because honestly, I don't want to sit here for like the you know two hours straight talking about how stupid it is people complaining about oh he's black now and it's not the same and blah 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 and I'm kind of like yeah I don't want to talk about that I'm, anymore because it's just I, I, I'm just going to sum it up really quick my two cents I don't give a shit no one else should give a shit about it he's black big deal get over it yeah it's like so what you know black spider-man black you know Muslim Miss Marvel who cares you know at this point don't like it? Don't fucking read the book. That's all I. That's all I gotta say. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Black Nick Fury, Muslim, Miss Marvel. Who gives a fuck? So yeah. Um, so yeah, that's been another episode of Alec Government the podcast. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you all later. Bye. <laughs>